Hello and welcome to Flourish, the Semper Floriate podcast. Today it is just me, Rowan, Sam, uh, Sam and Maddie are obviously in their own homes uh, undergoing quarantine just like the rest of us, so they will not be appearing on today's show. Uh, the reason that we are coming to you today is because tomorrow is the mayoral election slash city council election uh, and I have conducted two interviews, one with Pat Condren of the Labour Party and one with Kath Angus of the Greens Party. They are each mayoral candidates for their respective parties uh, and I was lucky enough to get those interviews. Uh, unfortunately, um, for various reasons, Adrian Schrinner, although absolutely willing to be on the podcast uh, and do an interview, was unable to do so because of just all of this crazy coronavirus stuff that is going on at the moment. Uh, of course, there are still 20 hours until the election actually goes ahead, and so if he is somehow miraculously available in the meantime, he's welcome to come on the show. I know a lot of students have probably already made up their minds. The election is, of course, tomorrow. Uh, but we asked these two candidates about specifically their views on students and things that affect students and the kinds of policies that they'll be implementing that affect students. And for those reasons, we thought it was important to publish, uh, even if we didn't have all of the information that we would have got from the LNP as well. Uh, so the interview with Pat Condren happened on market day. And the interview with Kath Angus was a couple of weeks afterwards, but it was just before sort of all of this coronavirus stuff sort of broke out uh, and really became serious. So uh, just for the record, uh, some of this stuff is a little bit uh, dated, uh, not necessarily uh, super relatable to this crazy world that we find ourselves living in at the moment. I'm sure they would have had various different things to say uh, in a world where coronavirus was actually uh, you know, headline news at the time. So let us dive into it with that in mind. So the first interview is with Pat Condren. Um, the, the interview, it started just after we'd had a little bit of banter and I'd introduced myself and all this and like, uh, you know, he's a journalist, I'm a journalist. So uh, it starts off a bit, uh, you know, he's a bit testy. Um, if you were just, you know, jumping straight into it, that might be the opinion that you come away with. Uh, but no, it was actually just in the midst of a bit of uh, playful back and forth. Uh, and that continued into the interview. So uh, enjoy. Let's go. Uh, so Pat Condren, uh, Labour's Condren, mayoral C-O-N-D-R-E. Condren, Pat, Pat Condren. Condren. Pat Condren. No one here can pronounce their names. Sorry. Patrick Condren. Patrick. Patrick. Condren. Yes. Whatever you like. Yes. Patrick. But late for breakfast. Yes. Pat Condren, Labour's mayoral candidate for Brisbane it, City. Sorry. Before you go, is this for radio or uh, both a podcast and we'll do a print oh, version okay. as well. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, cool, right. cool. Cool. So, <laughs> Pat Condren, Labour's mayoral candidate for Brisbane City. What is your pitch for young people and UQ students in particular? Well, the temptation is, of course, to say free beer, uh, but unfortunately, I can't. Uh, I'm not allowed to do that. Um, I think what you'll find from us is that uh, uh, we are, uh, we're more about labour, traditional labour values. So we're about the community, uh, we're about public transport, we're about uh, greens issues uh, in terms of uh, more green space in, in Brisbane, um, and we're about the outer suburbs. So uh, kids that are trying to get into uh, university here will provide better public transport, transport for them. Uh, and we're, we're thinking bold and we're thinking big, like the students here at the university, uh, and our actions will be bold and big as well. Uh, the LNP have promised. Thank you, I appreciate a, that tick yeah, of approval. The LNP have promised a green bridge from West End yes. to St Lucia. Is that something that you'll consider? Well, at the moment, the green bridge is nothing more than a line on a map. Uh, it doesn't join up with any of the infrastructure it's supposed to join up with. Uh, so I think it's more of a thought bubble than anything else. Uh, we do have a policy, a significant policy around bridges across the Brisbane River, uh, and uh, with the greatest of respect to your august organ, uh, we are not going to announce it in the uh, UQ. Uh, newspaper, uh, but we do have a, a significant policy around that uh, that will, uh, I think, excite people. But we need to think more than just uh, buses and pedestrians. We need to think a better way of getting cars around the uh, 
around the city as well and encouraging people indeed out of their cars. So we will have a significant policy around bridges, more than one, uh, but I understand the interest for that particular, uh, what it is at the moment, line on a map. Hopefully we'll at least get a PR alert on email or something like yes, that. Yes, yes, yeah. correct. Uh, a lot of the campaign has Depends focused... on how well this goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the campaign is focused on City Council spending money on what appears to be self-promotion for the Lord Mayor. Uh, how will a Labor Council uh, speak to voters? Uh, I think what you'll find is uh, it is more than just a suggestion. Uh, it is documented. It is 110% documented. Yep. Uh, that this Lord Mayor has spent $4 million so far uh, on flyers, glossy self-promotional flyers and putting them into people's letterboxes. Uh, he's also spent $2.5 million uh, on Brisbane uh, ads on the TV and, and glossy brochures that have gone into the letterbox. So that's $6.5 million uh, when there are footpaths. There's 2,000 kilometres of footpaths in this uh, city that need to be fixed. There's a, a suburb called Callumvale where the local councillor used $600 worth of public money uh, to go to a concert. Now these are people who are on $250,000 a year. They get a $75,000 car on top of that and this particular council gets $20,000 allowance plus a VIP park at Boondle where the concert was and yet she still stung the ratepayers $600 for those taxis and Callumvale does not have a library. Now can you imagine that in 2020 a suburb does not have a library? I mean to me that is absolutely appalling and it just goes to show how out of touch these LMP toadies are. Very good. Thank you, that's two yeah, very good. Very good. Wow, yeah. that's 50% record. <laughs> wow. This is the first. Do people call you Ned Kelly? I get that a lot. Do yeah. you? Yeah. Ned Kelly, Dan Kelly, no. Steve Hart, and Joe Byrne. Bicker, 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 that's all we ever do. Act three, scene two. That's good. Hmm? Have a, you heard um, that? Did you get I haven't that? heard of that one. There's, there's a, a play. I think there's a John Clark limerick that goes along the lines of There once was a man with a beard, and he had such a jolly good beard. Yeah, what a wonderful beard, he had such a beard, and that was the man <laughs> with the beard. John Clark was classic. Very good classic. Man. Right, our next one. Uh, so this is the first election of any kind that yes. Queensland voters have had since the bushfires and the coronavirus outbreak. How much do you think federal issues will influence votes in this year's election? Well, I think they will uh, heavily impact on the Brisbane City Council election, and simply because of this. Uh, we saw the federal, uh, we saw the Prime Minister Scotty from Marketing uh, on holiday in Hawaii during the bushfire crisis. Uh, he was supposed to come back. His office uh, fudged it. They tried to say that there was no acting Prime Minister when there was. Uh, they then said that he would come back on the Thursday. He didn't. Then he was going to come back on the Friday, uh, and he didn't. Uh, he, uh, I've never had anyone, as I've gone around, not willing to shake my hand as what happened to the Prime Minister, mm. or Scotty from marketing, as he's become known. Mm. And I think that sort of uh, out-of-touch arrogance will definitely play in the Brisbane City Council election because we've got Adrian from advertising here in Brisbane. He is more obsessed with spending public money in a desperate bid to get re-elected to keep his snout in the trough of, uh, of ratepayers uh, rather than doing the right thing. Now, if he was fair income, he would take some of that $6.5 million that I spoke about earlier and he would put some of that towards helping businesses affected by the coronavirus. Tourism in particular, which is taking a big hit. But he has refused to do that as recently as today, uh, it being Wednesday the 18th, uh, of February, he has refused to do that um, and in, still insists on spending that money in shameless self-promotion. Uh, and that will not happen under my administration and I have already stated that. As well, I will knock out the $100,000, uh, which is another example of how out of touch he is with the community expectations. He takes 100 k in his back pocket each and every year uh, that he doesn't have to account for. So if, you're, uh, if Callum Vale had a library, it doesn't, 
if you were a librarian that worked in that particular library and you bought a carton of milk for the smoko in the afternoon for your cup of tea, uh, you'd have to produce a receipt if you wanted to claim it back off the City Council. Adrian Schrinner can go down to the BMW dealership in the valley and buy a brand new car and not have to account for it. Some of the ones that I saw down on the weekend, he could get two or three. That's a lot. For less than $100,000 and not have to produce a receipt. Now, I don't know any other uh, organisation, private or public, uh, that operates in that way. That was uh, only not quite very good, only good. Good only good. Yeah, he wow. said 18th, Wednesday, 18th of Feb. It's the 19th. It's the 19th. It's the 19th. Yeah, okay, sorry, well, sorry about well, that. Well, stitch me up with that. Yeah, that's no, fantastic. Right. Yeah. Great. That's great. <laughs> so you've been a journalist now for uh, more than 30 years. 35 years. Yeah. In comparison, Adrian Trinner has spent most of his working life as a career politician in City that's Council. Correct. How does your work history make you a better fit for the role of Lord Mayor? I'm not a politician. I'm an aspiring politician. I've never been a politician. I've never had any political ambitions. So what I bring to the job is uh, clear-eyed... Uh, a clear-eyed vision of what is right and what is wrong. Uh, there is, uh, I think, uh, I think personally uh, that the two major parties uh, have ruined politics. Uh, they've turned politics into a career, and I've never believed that politics should be a career. Uh, they get them at university, uh, and they bring them up through the ranks, and then you end up with people in all levels of government that have got no real-world experience. And you're quite correct. Adrian Schrinner is a career politician. Um, he's done nothing else but be a politician. Uh, whereas I've done a lot, lot of other things and I've travelled the world extensively. Uh, so I bring that solid sort of knowledge and experience. Uh, I don't need the money. Um, I've had a couple of careers in my life, as you quite correctly pointed out, uh, the majority in journalism. Uh, but I've lived in London and I've travelled the world. Um, and, and it's important to have those different perspectives uh, when you go into a job like this. And I have maintained throughout my political reporting career that if you wanted to go into public life, um, you go in, you, you, you get elected for a term or two, and then you get out. Make a difference and then get out. It should not be a career. You should not have to uh, rely on it uh, for your particular, uh, uh, you know, for your income necessarily. Um, get in, make a difference and get out and give someone else a go. Um, ab power corrupts absolutely. And absol no, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's... I don't think it should be a career. Um, sure, uh, get the kids at uni and give them some, give them a taste of it, um, and 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 be involved politically in terms of, um, you know, trying to make a change. But don't just be a politician all your life. Uh, and that's what I bring to it. I bring it, bring to it the fact that I am a baggy-assed old journo. Um, I know how to ask the tough questions. I know how to hold uh, politicians to account. Um, and I know that people just. They just want clarity. They don't want all the codge wallop that goes with it. Very good. Uh, thank you for your very time. Good. Back very good. That's three very goods good. and a good yes. out of five questions. Yeah. Got to be happy with that. Wonderful. Good Hopefully power does not corrupt you. It will not. Yeah. But I will be a, 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 a Lord Mayor uh, for everyone. And, and, I'm, and I'll look at the free beer thing, but I can't make any promises. <laughs> thank you very much. So my second interview was with Kath Angus. I made the foolish decision to put this interview in the Global Change Institute, uh, where there were a couple of people studying nearby. Uh, so it was a little bit uh, loud, and I think we were also being a little bit quiet just to avoid bothering people that were nearby. Hey, remember when people were on campus? That was a good time. Um, anyway, so um, this is a little bit... Uh, we, we speak a little bit quieter in this one. Um, uh, sorry for that. It's a bit of a mismatch next to the Pat Condren interview. But all the same, I thought it was a wonderfully in-depth and very valuable discussion about Brisbane City economics with a really great mayoral candidate. Uh, and so here it is. Uh, 
I started off by asking Kath about what her pitch is to university students and to UQ students in particular. My pitch for young people is not that different to my pitch for everyone because I want to put power in the hands of residents and that means all residents. Right now we've got quite a bit of bias going on to the wealthier segments of society and I want to see a lot more equality, particularly when it comes to property developers. We have seen some significant abuse of neighbourhood plans, a site that's zoned for three-storey development, we're seeing 15-storey developments being approved. And what that means is that with the stroke of a pen, a bureaucrat can hand several million dollars in additional profit to a developer. And the infrastructure charges being paid by those developers just isn't keeping up with the growth. So we would like to see, first of all, residents given a binding vote on neighbourhood plans, and that means everyone. Um, And we also want to see improved, increased infrastructure charges so we can deliver better services and facilities, things like better waste management, better libraries, more public spaces, more community spaces, more affordable public transport, easier ways to get around. Um, so the LNP has announced a green bridge from St Lucia to West End. Yep. Uh, will the Greens follow through on a plan like that, or do you have something else that we'll In principle, we do absolutely support green bridges. I think we need to support public and active transport as mm. much as possible because the yep. real solution to road congestion is to get people out of cars. That is the only way to get around it. You would have seen at UQ how many cars are around and how much parking. Mm. And the public transport just isn't enough to meet the needs of what's going on here. So I only moved to Brisbane in 2008 and it was not long after the Eleanor Chanel, the first green bridge, was built. And we've seen an enormous shift in how that's affected the population of UQ. They're more likely to live across the river and it's it's really opened up that side of town. So yes, do support that in principle, but... One of my concerns is that the Chanel Bridge opened in 2008 and it was only last year in 2019 that we saw a connected, protected bikeway that connects to the Chanel Bridge. And so I think it's really easy for the LNP to announce big, sexy projects like more bridges and over-engineered things. And part of me thinks, well, maybe that's just another way to keep their developer friends in in the money. Um, But little things like connections Annerley Road that connects to the Chanel Bridge is the deadliest stretch of road in Brisbane for cyclists and it took 11 years for the connection to catch up so that's what I'm wary of uh, a green bridge on its own is not services and facilities we need connections yeah for sure um, so if I'm not mistaken this would be your first time in public office uh, what makes you a better pick than Adrian Schrinner who has spent a lot of time in public office? Yeah, that's a really good question and it's one that's worth thinking about because they are campaigning on a platform of we have lots of experience and on the one hand I say, do they really? Because there's a lot of career politicians in City Hall and I mm. don't know that they have the ability to relate to everyday people, mm. which I am. I'm an early childhood educator, I'm a midwife. I spent some time working here at UQ in early childhood in the old Munro Centre. Um, so I bring life experience in a whole range of sectors to the role that, that the current council can't. But I also think we need to question, if there's 16 years of experience in there, why do we still have 6,000 people homeless every mm. night in Brisbane? 
they've had 16 years to fix it and they haven't got there. They're not looking after everyone and it's time for us to do something about that. Mm. Well, maybe uh, given some of the city council meetings and early childhood educator is exactly what City Hall needs. That has been called for, I think. Someone said uh, kindergarten was meeting for the last time of the term last month. I thought, maybe. well, that's right up my alley. Um, so this is also the first election since uh, bushfires and coronavirus has hit Australia. How much do you think uh, Brisbane voters will be voting with federal politics in your mind? That is a question I think about every single day. Um, and it's really hard to get a read on, yeah. on where people are at. When I've been out in public, we certainly are meeting with some opposition. I've seen it online. People that still believe that the Greens, in spite of not holding majority government anywhere in Australia have policies that, that stopped, that caused the bushfires or stopped any kind of hazard reduction from happening. Um, on that, it's, it's worth mentioning that here in South East Queensland, hazard reduction burns usually happen in mid-September after the echo winds have died down, and that's a fun local phenomenon, uh, but it has to happen after that any earlier and the fuel hasn't really accumulated yet and any later it's starting to get too hot. And this year, the fire season started on the 1st of September. So there wasn't time for any of that to happen, regardless of anyone's policies. We need to start accepting that climate change mm. is is real and it's upon us. And we are in the early stages of climate breakdown. Yeah. Um, but in terms of getting a, a read on what the feel is within the city, we are seeing an enormous shift in support. We're seeing huge growth in our membership, our army of volunteers is growing all the time and we're seeing a lot of people that want to make a difference whether that is on the basis of the environment or whether that's because they want to be heard whether they care about social justice mm. or whether they want sound evidence-based economic policy that benefits everyone yeah so if you were to take office you would take over a city hall that is still in the midst of a coronavirus um, crisis yeah um, what do you think about that that's a really challenging thought and that's where I can bring some knowledge to the field as a health professional. Admittedly, as a midwife, I don't have a great deal to do with infectious diseases. Um, but it's really important that we listen to the experts in public health and epidemiology to understand the best way to tackle this problem. Um, yes, okay, so a lot of Labor's campaign, some of the Greens as well, has been about the council's spending on marketing materials. Um, how would a Green City Council communicate with constituents? Yeah, that is interesting because Labor has pointed to the $4 million spend on communication uh, by the LNP this year. That is their budget for communication every year. And, and that's the line they keep pulling. But I want to talk about how that is being misused. There are residents who don't know about fundamental programs being provided by council, like community composting. I, I've encountered a lot of people who've said, why can't we do community composting? Well, actually, it's already out there. Right. But money's being directed towards self-promotion rather than communicating about real initiatives that affect everyday people's real lives. Mm. So we would straight away put priority on connecting with residents to deliver the initiatives that they want in the way that they want them. Yeah. Um, thanks for your time. Is there anything else you wanted to add? No, that sounds great. Thanks awesome. for having me. Wonderful. Thank you for coming. Okay, there you have it. Uh, two really great interviews with two really great mayoral candidates. If you are deciding to vote tomorrow, remember to take a pencil with you. Um, a lot of people have signed up to post a vote, and I believe I saw something about uh, 
apparently on Facebook somebody was telling me that uh, you can still sign up to vote by phone, uh, which I did not even know was an option, but apparently it is. Uh, and that option was still available as of this morning. Uh, I will, of course, note that uh, you know there is a third mayoral candidate. His name is Adrian Trenner. He is the current Lord Mayor. Uh, obviously, far too busy with coronavirus to make it onto the program today, uh, although he was more than willing to a couple of weeks ago. Unfortunately, things have just got out of control. Um, I will give you know that little bit of prudent uh, balance by saying that his platform is along the lines of, now is not the time to risk change. Um, the LNP party is doing great, according to him. Uh, and so uh, you know, in the midst of a global pandemic, he does not believe that you should risk change. Uh, and I think that all of that platform is readily available on Facebook if you just want to go look it up, uh, look up Adrian Schrinner and all this kind of stuff. Um, so if you are if you are so inclined, go find it yourself. Um, the platform is very, very not difficult to find, and I'm sure it's probably been put in your mailbox already and into your newsfeed. Uh, so apart from that, I hope you are all surviving lockup, and I hope that the your all of your tutors are treating you well and that you are not finding online courses too difficult for you if there's anything that semper can do for you please get in touch let us know um, if there's anything that you would like this podcast to do let us know uh, and we'll try to do it uh, we're looking into the options for getting me maddie and sam all back into a maybe not a real life room but perhaps some kind of virtual room so that we can bring you more episodes of this show uh, but apart from that uh, i hope you are having a lovely time today's episode was brought to you by me uh, and also uh, I, I put a little bit of acoustic backing track on the first little bit of this uh, podcast that was brought to you by a website called bensound.com. That's B-E-N-sound.com. Um, apparently, I have to attribute, attribute it uh, in order to use it. Uh, so there you go. There is that attribution. Um, I hope you have a lovely day, and I hope that this reaches you well, and hopefully in time for you to perhaps consider some things before the election. Have a lovely day. And goodbye.